Queensland Huddle Preliminary Final Edition. Liam Flanagan, Brett Thomas. Brett, we've arrived at the pointy end of the season and who would have thought we'd be preparing ourselves for a Brisbane Lions home prelim against the Blue Baggers. Cow in the back. <laughs> hey, fun. It's good to hear you up and about. Look, I think the part of the Lions getting a home prelim, um, I think maybe you know we hoped and probably expected with the list that they've got and what they've done the past four years prior to this one. But the Blues getting there, I always felt like they had a quality core group of, say, five or six players, which I reckon Richmond did over the years, but just needed to get the right support pieces around them and the right coaching. Carlton have done that. They come in in a tremendous amount of form, but they're at the Gabba, where the Lions haven't lost this year. This is a massive final, and I just feel like Brisbane are primed. Yeah, and get stuff, Carlton, because we're here to tell you exactly why the Brisbane Lions are going to go all the way to a grand final. Uh, On the other side of the coin, you've got Collingwood taking on GWS in what will be an absolute blockbuster on Friday night at the MCG. And I think... If you're if you're if your team's out, if you're a um, a neutral fan, as it were, heading into these games, I can't help but think you'll find yourself going for GWS on Friday night. I think they're a really likable team. Adam Kingsley, what he's doing, all the packaging that I've seen of the the vignettes and all the rest of that of him talking to this team. I love the bit I saw on the weekend about him saying, "I believe I believe this team's a lot closer than I think you realise." Talking to the players themselves. Um, he's clearly got this team playing just a brilliant brand of football that has so much belief, and I'm really excited for that final. I think Collingwood would have been the best team all year. They finished top for a reason, so that's going to be a ripper. But Saturday afternoon, let's talk about the time slot for a start. 5.15, yeah. what do you make of the, the twilight beginning? Uh, so the AFL's excuse is that um, it means that Carlton can get back that night. I, I don't know why it couldn't have been 4.45, they sang because of the heat. To me, it smacks of a bit of an up yours to the NRL and the Broncos mm-hmm. because us, you and I being in Brisbane, I wanted to try and do the double, Lions and then Broncos, mm. but you're going to miss the first half of the Broncos game. Tickets will be expensive and hard to get for that anyway, so I don't think anyone now would consider doing that. Um, that's my kind of reading. on I mean, yeah, you can kind of understand the whole they want to get um, the Blues back in time, but then why didn't they schedule Brisbane on Friday night so that everyone had a seven-day break? The Giants only get a six-day break leading into Friday night. So I think it's just kind of the AFL doing as they please. And really, probably within AFL House, they want to see a Carlton Collingwood uh, grand final. (laughs) I would argue argue that the Lions, GWS, is the biggest vote of confidence in expansion if those two teams face off in a grand final. This is so interesting because... I love that you've come from the from the back fence, come off the back fence to make the statement that you think the AFL house wants Collingwood Carlton. I don't think that's an outlandish statement. It's probably 100% true. They would never acknowledge that, though. On the other side of it, if it ends up being a GWS Brisbane grand final, the town of Melbourne will revolt. They will be so uninterested in this game, it will not be funny. You will be able to pick up tickets for for five bucks, I reckon, to that grand final. If it ends up being the Lions v. the Giants, no one will give a shit. Oh, no. Well, look, I mean, obviously the Giants don't have, um, you know, many kind of rusted on fans. I mean, there's not going to be any. I think if you're a Giants member, and I do, by the way, have heard of people buying Giants memberships because they're good. So if you're a Collingwood fan, you think your team's, you know, going to be good that year. You buy a Giants membership, one that guarantees you a grand final ticket because... 
every every Giants member out there is probably guaranteed of a ticket. I don't know how many they got. Ten, twelve thousand. Oh, um, that's look, clever. I'll, I'll, obviously, we'll be interested in in the grand final mm. and, and Brisbane will, and it's still the grand final. It's not the one that a lot of Melbourne fans want, but it's not the VFL anymore. It's the AFL. But we're not there yet. Let's look at this no, prelim final. 5.15 aside, you're right. I think it's Channel 7 also saying uh, we want to maximise audience whilst putting as much of a dint into the NRL audience as possible. Now, what that estimated finish of game time does uh, is probably it means that your NRL fans who are going to switch over for the kickoff, they might just hang around for the fourth quarter and miss the pregame stuff. If if you, yep. they've got a, an inclination of the Lions uh, or Carlton either way, so a uh, little bit of um, tactical stuff going on there by the broadcast networks. But let's talk about footy. Do yeah. the Lions change anything from that first final? Jack Gunston is the is the flag. What do you think? I saw him train twice last week, and obviously he's busting the gut to get there. He could have actually played in the VFL, but the Lions decided that he should just you know go through a training block instead. I don't see them making any changes. Obviously, Chris Fagan's a really loyal guy, but I think this year he's proven that he can make the tough call. He did that with um, Rich and Gunston and Jared Lyons, who worked his way back in. But I just think that the team is playing so well. Cam Rayner, we saw how he was able to light up that qualifying final um, you know, with the licence to fly at the footy and then go into the midfield. He's so explosive. So... I don't see any changes being made. And then because the question is, if Gunston comes in, who goes out? And that play would be really stiff. Uh, in the VFL on the weekend, Jared Lyons played because he was the sub in the qualifying final. He really didn't get a lot of the footy. didn't set the world alight. I would suggest there's probably a bit of self-preservation there. Jackson Pryor actually played really well, Had a, took some strong marks and some chase down tackles. But again, I don't really kind of see any changes. Unless they're forced though, there is a bit of, um, some doubt around Jack Payne, which is the bigger concern, uh, especially if Mackay comes back from concussion, even though he's not setting the world alight, because there's Dara Joyce and not much else um, in terms of... Where's the Darcy Gardner at? He didn't play in the VFL on the weekend. Um, now, I don't have an exact reason from the Lions, but didn't see him do anything at training during the week either. The mm-hmm. VFL trained on Friday or Thursday, uh, and he wasn't out there, so this he's normally in the rehab group too. So I'm not sure if his body is 100% right. So I'd say that Dara Joyce, who re-signed during the week, would be the only mm. option if Jack Payne isn't doesn't play. I saw Jack Payne with a moon boot on. They say that's a precaution. He's dealt with an ankle injury, I think, from as far back as the Q clash. He was off to have a swim rather than a train. So light duties for him. Let's hope he gets to the line because he has become such a valuable, important player, especially with. Marcus Adams retiring. And and Payne goes to McKay. That's the matchup there. And you put Harris Andrews on to Kurnow and uh, you let, let the rest sort themselves out. When I look at these, and, and you look at Carlton, you know Carlton's going to get, um, as McKay, we mentioned, Jack Martin will also come back. He he had his suspension downgraded to just the one week. So he'll, he will be available. Um, what changes they make beyond that, I'm not sure. But... The if let's let's put ourselves in in the Lions' shoes for a moment, Chris Fagan's shoes. Do, does he send someone to Sam Walsh? What's the the performance Sam Walsh put out there against Melbourne is one of the it's a Zach Butters like perform. It's one of the best midfield performances, all round performances I've seen all year. Yeah, look, he does have the ability to do that. We've seen him do that within matches, like a Jared Berry. All of a sudden 
swings onto an Oliver or a Zach Merritt or so maybe it'll be a not a hard tag to begin with, but maybe a run with role. Maybe it's a Dev Robertson he sits in that task or Jared Berry from the beginning. And he just kind of sees how it plays out. Cam Bruce, the assistant coach, spoke on um, Saturday and it was put to him about, you know, oh, what are you going to do about Sam Walsh? And he's like, well, they have to worry about Hugh McCluggage and Lockie Neal mm. and Josh Dunkley. So that maybe um, says to me that they're just going to back their midfield to go head-to-head. Um, and, yeah, and, and Lockie Neal as well, you know, do they put a hard tag on him? So, you know, if Lockie Neal's being tagged and then, um, they're tagging Sam Walsh, there's not really a lot of free bodies in the midfield. So mm. I reckon at this stage of the season, initially, they'll back both of them will back their midfields to go head to head and then see how the game plays out. And the other and you know, I, look, this is a this is such a an enthralling matchup on paper. Um I look at Carlton's back line and think it's a bit light on to to match up with I think any back line's a bit light on to match up with this Brisbane Lions forward line frankly I think um short of probably Collingwood I think this Brisbane forward line is the best line in the competition to use a yep. uh, an NFL phrase I think it's the best group of any sort across the board uh and I think we talked about Jack Gunston a little bit there and I I'm with you I just don't think bringing him back in despite his qualities despite his abilities despite his experience is is it'll affect the balance because if he comes in, it it forces Cam Rayner to play in a different fashion, which then forces Zach Bailey to play in a different fashion, which you know potentially infringes on the space that Charlie Cameron's been afforded. And and we're at that end of the season where you want your stars being given the opportunity to play their best. And Charlie Cameron is at his best when he has room to move. And and Cam Rayner is at his best when he's got license to run and jump at the footy. And if he becomes the fourth tall option or, you know, falls behind, he's already he sits behind Danaher and Hipwood, and if you drop him down behind Gunston as a taller target, I don't think that's where you get your best out of him. Yeah, look, I mean, obviously this is, you know, probably looking too far ahead. They've got to um, get the job done against Carlton. Maybe if you look ahead to if the Giants were to beat the Pies with Sam Taylor, an elite All-Australian mm. key defender, Himmelberg and Buckley's been their third tall and Haynes has been the sub. Yeah, maybe there's an argument there to bring Gunston in. But he also won't have played for mm. a number of weeks. Was it, I think, against the Crows where he did his knee. So I think that comes into play, you know, lack of match fitness. Yeah, I don't see them making a, a change. I think that... The way it's been working, how well the tools and the smalls have been playing. As you said, it's such a dynamic forward line, so many weapons. Jacob Wiedering's an elite player, and aren't they mm-hmm. glad that it was apparently a knock to the throat and the neck, not to the head, because he looked very wobbly on his feet. He would have been given a standing eight count in boxing. <laughs> um, but he is, I mean, he's probably, aside from Walsh and Kernow, you could argue that Jacob Weeding will be the most important player for the Blues in their, their team on Saturday night. To look at the Carlton side of things, I, I looked at their game against Melbourne and thought Melbourne would win, and I thought the way, if Carlton does win, the way they win is because Kerno gets a hold of Stephen May. Now, Stephen May yep. did his job and then some on Charlie Kerno, and yet Carlton still found a way. And I think you talk about that uh, possibility of Jack Payne being out. If he does miss... That Carlton and McKay comes back in, that Carlton forward line is a little bit intimidating with what Tom DeConing did late in the game against Melbourne as well. It is tall. It is very, very tall. Uh, and if Payne doesn't get up, 
Harris Andrews, obviously, you need Darren Joyce in, um, and, and you're going to need probably a, a Ryan Lester to play above, which he's been doing for a lot of the season anyway. So, um, oh, just a really, really fascinating line. I think you that think Carlton probably has to send um, Adam Saad to, to Charlie Cameron, uh, which mm-hmm. potentially, I mean, one of the great foot races the AFL has to offer in those two. But <laughs> you... you you do force Charlie then has an opportunity to force Saad into being a defender first, which yep. is not what he's best at. It's not what the way the way he plays his best football. Um, and and then the idea of Dunkley and Cripps going head to head. And um, what about the? I mean, just quietly, what about the second phase career of Blake Akers? This uh, he's been a superb player for the Blues since he's come across. Oh, yeah. You go back to, he was involved in the Brad Hill trade, and apparently he was kind of reluctant, but he was virtually the steak knives in that deal. Mm. Played out of position. St Kilda saw him as like a um, a second ruckman and played him as like a taller, third tall forward, um, which was not his go. I think he's just always kind of that kind of taller wingman, which has become such a valuable role. And head-scratching again, that the Dockers let him go. He comes to the Blues and he's been a really great value. Powerful runner and you know, seems to bob up at the right time and has kicked important goals. So, um, yeah, that battle on the wing, if he goes head-to-head with, with McCluggage, will be fascinating as well. The thing I like about this matchup for the Lions is we talked about, when when looking and searching for weaknesses in this Lions side, we've, we've talked about their lack of enforcer. We've talked about there's no Braden Maynard. Uh, there's no Stephen May, Clayton Oliver type. There's not a big intimidating body that will strike fear into the opposition around stoppages. I don't think Carlton have that either, frankly. I think Cripps is it. He's wounded. He he is wearing a posturepedic mattress around that set of ribs. Uh, he, he this is he is he is not a hundred percent and not many players are a hundred percent come this time of the year because of the sheer amount of footy. But what makes him such a weapon is his is his physicality, and he just doesn't have the same level of it because of those ribs. So I, I think that concern or that area of concern for the Lions is sort of negated because um, the Lions don't necessarily bring something like that either. If you go back to that, they did play once during the year. They played um, down at, was it at MCG? Marvel Stadium was the game. Yeah. And the Lions got over the line by 26 points. Josh Dunkley was superb. Uh, he had six clearances, 13 tackles, 33 disposals. Charlie kicked four. Zach Bailey kicked four. And that and that goes to show, I think, just the numbers there, that's probably Bailey's best performance for the year. And it shows that this Carlton defense is susceptible to the small forward attack. Um, you, Danaher only had, had two goals as well. Hip would kick the one. But I think it shows that. And Link McCarthy got on the board as well. It's it's the mosquito fleet, to borrow an old phrase, that uh, for the Lions that really could win them the game on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I think any defence would struggle with that Lions attack. All Danaher and Hip would need to do is just create a contest and bring the ball to ground. They've just got elite smalls at their feet. McCarthy and Rayner can do it in the air. You know, Charlie Cameron, if he's got some space, you just put the ball out in front of him, he does his thing. And then Zach Bailey's got that real X factor. So... They've just got so many weapons. They're playing at home, and they're just capable. You know, the game could be close. I mean, Carlton have been involved in some lower-scoring games. The game could be close for a half or maybe midway through the third, and then the Lions can just put teams away with a devastating spell. Five or ten minutes, they bang on a number of goals, and it's game over. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, it'd be interesting, given that they've now had two weeks off at 
in the last month. If they're a little bit rusty to start with, you know, Carlton coming in match hardened. I would expect the Lions to run over the top of them by the end, though. Yeah, we're both backing it in. And the other, and just to throw some a little bit of uh, fuel on the fire here, let's not forget Paddy Cripps. This is the game he stole a brown lug. Yeah. This is the yeah, Archie, Archie incident from last year where he stole yep. a – he went on – was somehow, somehow let off <laughs> given what we've seen this year. How he was let off that charge given what we have seen suspension-wise for shots uh, that have resulted in concussions. How Patrick Cripps got off that charge last year is absolutely beyond me. So <laughs> Cal Archie – Oh, Cal Archie – oh, that's the other point. This was Lockie Neal should be a two-time Brownlow medalist. <laughs> yeah, it was that happened right in front of us as well, and um, we were so, calling so that lucky. game, and we could not yeah. believe what we were seeing. And then no, he left, he's left the ground. I mean, it was it's all history now. Um, but yeah, incre- I mean, Calar Cheese, the he's the the footy he's been playing. He's one I left out when we mentioned reeled off the forward line. He's got some real toughness and his marking abilities, playing career best footy. Mm. So, you know, finals time, you kind of expect or know know what you're going to get out of your absolute stars. But if, if it's the players 17 to 22 that you can get a, a rise out of or a step up, that can be the, the difference, you know, in these big finals and grand finals. Oh, this is so exciting. Look, I'm going to stop myself because I keep finding myself drifting toward grand final questions. They're not there yet, Brett. But we might be talking about it next week. Uh, quickly, we should before we do finish up um, Queensland Huddle preliminary final edition, we should talk a little bit of grand final because the Suns are into one. The Suns will take on Werribee in the VFL grand final this weekend. Yeah, that's great. You know, I think that's a, a, a sign of a club, a strong club that's starting to be on the rise. I mean, you go back in the day and the Box Hill Hawks are winning VFL premierships. Geelong, they had... Um, Gary Ablett, Steve Johnson, Paul Chapman coming through their VFL side. So it's great. And look, they obviously still have uh, a lot of experienced talent that may not be at the Suns next year or certainly not in the best 22. You're talking Day and Sexton and the like. Marty Orcholo, really interesting player. I don't think given his skill set, he really kind of fits into that Suns forward line. Will Damien Harwick want to keep him? Kicked five goals on the weekend. So Took 11 you know, marks and kicked 5-4, Brett. That's it. That is an incredible day out. I mean, look, <laughs> key defenders in the VFL aren't the same as at AFL level, but maybe your Charles really a guy who might have five or six possessions and bob up and kick a couple, wait for the cheapies out the back. But really strong game from him, and that's somebody who his manager said he wants to play or feels that he should be playing regular senior footy. Mm. So let's see if Damien Harwick wants to keep him around or they feel like they can get something back for him. Uh, so good luck to the Suns in the grand final. Taking on Werribee this weekend. Werribee are on some sort of a roll. I think they've won 17 on the bounce to get to this stage of the uh, the competition. So good luck to them. And, and, and you talk about depth of a club. And you talk about personnel and, and look, if some, if Marbior and any other players find a new home for next year and that depth lessens somewhat, I love James Cheetis as the captain of this VFL side. Now, James Cheetis won't be satisfied just staying on as captain of a VFL side. He'll want to play first grade football, senior football. But at the same time, I love uh, this is a 28 year old who who's really fought and clawed and 
And and how old was he when he made his his debut? I think he was he only made his debut last year as a first grader at 27 years of age. He's only played the three yeah. games of senior football, but he won a McGarry Medal in Adelaide. He has gone the real long way to get into the AFL system, and I just think somebody of that ilk and that personality who's had that struggle is the perfect leader to continue that. You know that let's hey let's keep the pressure on these senior players. You want a spot in this team? We we, can we go out and win games of football. Make it make it impossible for Dimmer to ignore us next year. Yeah, no, it's it's great for the Suns, and I'm sure Dimmer was there watching, and um, that's you know a great sign of the future that the depth and building a club, you know, not just a team of ringings from around um, Australia. They're building a club there, so yeah, it's, it's great to see the Suns maybe oh. getting some silverware at the end of this year. Well, we haven't taken a break today. We've gone straight through because we're that excited. We Hopefully, we celebrate a VFL Premiership this weekend on the Queensland Huddle. And then next week, we are talking about the Lions getting into the big one and whether they take on the Pies or the Giants remain to be seen. The dogs are up and about at Brett's house. We're going to say yeah. goodbye for now. Bretto, we'll talk to you soon. It's going off here. Thanks, Flanners.